This is Swim Success with Music. Yo, what up, music fam? This is Walt, and you are listening to Swim Success with Music. This is a podcast for singers, songwriters, beat makers, music producers. We are about the music life. And the goal here is to help you grow your career from a technical standpoint, from a sales standpoint, from a brand standpoint, from a creative standpoint. Pick one. <laughs> We got you. So, hey, man, uh, my name is Walt. I am the music coach here on the Swim Podcast. And today I'm especially excited about who we have on the show. And this special guest, his name is Judah Holiday. Judah Holiday. So I want to give you a bit of a, an overview of uh, Judah's background here in just a second. But before we do that, I want his work to, to speak for itself. So before we get into a brief introduction of our special guest, I want you to listen to a bit of his music here. And this song is titled Good Life. Again, this is Judah Holiday. Check it. City lights on Friday night. Shake the floor. All right, man. So that's Judah Holiday. Again, that's good life. One of the things that I love about having music guests on is that we can learn a huge amount from people like Judah. And we're going to go into quite a few things today that will help you in your music career, especially if you are trying to get more traction from a creative standpoint. You're trying to figure out your marketing. You're trying to figure out your sound, your message. Maybe you have some issues with you know, your level of skill. Judah's going to actually tackle all of that and more. So I highly encourage you to listen to the entire podcast because Judah is dropping some amazing knowledge. In the last few months, he's seen his music streams go up to like a quarter million, like well over 200,000 in just the last few months. So if you're not on that level yet, guess what? You have a lot that you can learn from Judah. Let's go ahead and get this interview going, all right? This is the Swim Podcast with special guest Judah Holiday. All right, Swim Team, today I am very, very, very happy to have our special guest on the show. You just heard a bit of his bio, but I want you to hear from the man himself. I want you to listen very carefully because this is how you do it. Hey, Judah, hey, man, thank you so much for being on the Swim Podcast today. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, how for sure. Yeah, man, we're good, man. And uh, we always like having special guests on because we get to hear um, the insight from someone else in the industry because everyone has their different way of doing things. It seems like you're doing it absolutely big. In fact, uh, I was listening and looking at uh, one of your videos online um, in your, your, your new single, All That I Got Tonight. And I'm looking at the production value of the lyric video. 
um, listening to the production value in the actual music, man. So you are clearly doing it like really, really big. And uh, man, yeah, just uh, awesome, awesome work. So, so thank you so much. Yeah, for sure, man. So help us understand, right? Um, I'm looking at this track. I'm listening to the track. Well, looking looking at the video, listening to the track. It is absolutely phenomenal. What what drives your creative process? How do you put out such high level quality material? Um, I do that by partnering with really amazing people. That's literally how I'm able to do that. Um, I, I realized a long time ago that 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 I think good quality music is a collaborative process. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember I remember before my first collaboration how nerve-wracking it was because I was so caught up in like splits and, and what to do and you know being able to like trust somebody else with right. music it was like a really hard thing to do but like then when I collaborated on my first track with just a producer not even a songwriter mm-hmm. being able to like, hear a song like this which I like I wrote this on on my friend Kevin Rudolph who I who I released my first single with, like I was on, I was on his terrace, terrace in Miami, and I wrote this hook, mm-hmm. and you know it was just like a basic, you know, song. And then I went into a session with Ill Factor, the producer on this, and like in a matter of minutes, it was like as if he just knew exactly what to do, what to put where, mm-hmm. and literally turned the record into this like massive, massive track. Um, wow. So, so I think that the majority of the reason why both my visual and, you know, audio sound the way they do is because, like, I I, I work with really amazing, you know, talent, wow. and it's okay. hard to come, it's hard to come by, and right. it's really hard to do on your own too. And I think that one of the biggest things that have allowed me to advance my career is really being open to sort of like sharing my you know sharing my splits and not and not worrying so much about the money side of it but rather doing whatever we can you know to make the music as good you know what you bring up an interesting point because i was actually talking to some of my friends they're musicians as well and they have like a major mental hang-up on splits or sharing you know the songwriting credits or production credits because uh, some folks, they just feel like, oh, yeah, I got a hot song and someone's going to steal it from me or I want to make all the money. But it seems like you're saying that if you can con- can collab with somebody, having that additional input or different um, a vantage point on how to do something that everyone can actually win. I- am I understanding that right? Or how, how would you yeah, care? It? No, it's exactly like that. And I was a very hard headed like individual in the past. And I didn't see it that way mm. until I saw that. Till I saw like the songs side by side, there's just no comparison to how the song would have been if I had solely produced it and put it out myself versus work with someone. So like, you know, there are, there's always going to be people that feel that, you know, there, there are people who are not deserving of the credits that they get. But the reality is, is that we are professionals Mm. and in order to put out music that, that is, is truly moving and, works you need a group behind it just like you need a group to perform any major operation or anything like that like teamwork is really where it's at in order to you know keep in mind there are people sometimes that aren't you know teammates and they try and 
hog all the glory, so right. on and so forth. It's just not possible in this music business to sure. do that. Like, it's just not possible. So, I've, yeah, sorry. Sorry, man. I, I don't want to cut you off there, but how do you handle a situation where, let's say, you have an idea, you have a hook, or you have a concept? And you're trying to collab with someone and you feel like it's getting lost, like your idea is getting lost because others are kind of showing up and maybe kind of steering you away from your idea. How do you manage that? Because, you know, for a lot of us as musicians, we have egos. Right. And we're like, hey, you know, I have an idea. I have a concept. I have a vision. So how do you manage that when you feel like you know where you want to take a sound or take a track? So it depends, really, because you need to think about why are you in the studio for what purpose? So, for example, if I'm in the studio writing for a record for myself with others, well, then I would be very vocal about the direction I want to take it. Whereas if I'm doing a writing session for pitching a song, Mm -hmm. I'd be a lot more open-minded to letting this session go wherever it needs to go because it would be really considered, you know, I wouldn't want to come off like this know-it-all because the reality is is that it's very hard to describe what works. Nobody knows what works because if you just listen to the radio, there's such a wide variety of of of, of smashes out there mm-hmm. from like you know from Old Town Road to Senorita to like the Lumineers to um, you know what I mean like just a bunch of different genres that are all like hitting the top 100. Right. Um, so the way I look at it is. Being able to be part of something that's really massive is something cool for me, and I know that I can't do it on my own. So right. maybe if I don't like always tell myself, "Oh no, I know the way, I know the way," if I'm if I'm able to kind of like let go a little bit and allow whatever this writing process is to sort of guide the way and see what happens. Like yeah. I, it's very hard to do, but I try it. I tried it a few times, and and it came out like really amazing so okay. that's really like what i would do depending on the direction of the writing session would determine how i would you know uh guide the the, the writers to what i personally want and then and then just like if i brought a hook or if i brought the way that it normally is is like i'll we'll go into a session and mm-hmm. i'll um you know i'll go in with my guitar if i'm with a singer or something like that i'll Usually just like start on a chord progression is very important to like allow each writer to have a period of time to kind of just freestyle without jumping in because that's how you really are able to catch a vibe and get into like a really good melodic path. And, and one of the ways of, of doing that is by sort of like remaining quiet while they're working and then you go in a circle and allow the next person to do it. And then you just sort of know when something's like hot. Got it. You know? Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. All right. So help me out with this too, right? So I'm looking at some of your information online here. And by the way, for those of you who are listening, uh, if you can just go ahead and check out uh, Judah's main page over here, it's judaholiday.com. Uh, there's a lot of good material there. There's some videos and things like that. And uh, I'm looking at your bio here and it's kind of walking through your story and, you know, kind of where you were raised and some of the the driving forces for, um, you know, your creative process and your music. One thing I do want to talk about before we kind of go deeper into your story, you operating in the the pop genre. There's a lot of people trying to have success in this area, and there's a lot of uh, you know musicians that are clawing for you know attention on playlists and things like that. 
How do you create that unique sound? I know you talked about the collab aspect of it, but what else do you do or can you bring to the table that will truly set you apart from everybody else that's out there in this genre trying to make it? I don't write with like an ulterior motive. I don't mm. I don't go into a session or write a song with the intention. This might sound selfish, but songwriting is a very personal mm-hmm. process. I don't go into the song saying, let me see if I could write something that other people would like. Uh-huh. What I do is, is I go in and I say, okay, I'm feeling like crap right now mm. and I need to get a few things off my chest. Okay. I'm going to write this down and, and, and hopefully, and, and that's literally what happened with all that I got tonight. I was feeling overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. I was, I was, I was just back from rehab. Mm-hmm. I literally felt like I needed to get things off my chest and explain how I'm thankful for what I have right now. Um, and how I'm just like, how I was just tired of being, you know, like sick, you know, right. and, and that, that's how it came out. I didn't write it with like, do you think that like, uh, I didn't even know who I was going to work with on the production. So, so the, the, I think that one of the things that sets me apart is that I, I write for myself mm. as a therapy process. And then I hope that people can respond to what I write. I hear a lot of people talking about how they try and write, you know, songs that others can vibe on. Mm-hmm. It's, it's for me, it's like a very crucial thing to be able to write in a therapeutic way mm-hmm. without it being work. The o- other way is almost like work. For me, this is therapeutic and I'm lucky that it's good that I have the talent to write catchy melodies and lyrics. So, right. so I, th- so I think that one of the things that, is different about me is that I'm attached to the song, not because I think somebody might like it, but because it really means something to me. And it's being written as like a way for me to express myself in another language other than, you know, no English. Got it. Okay. That's just like how that's my attachment to it. Okay. That that makes sense, man. So you're in a sense, Telling your own story versus trying to tell someone else's, and obviously you can tell your story far better than anyone else. And as a result, you are like the absolute master at putting out stuff that just resonates with people because it's organic, it's natural, it's true. Um, it's also relatable. It's like people yeah. go through what I go through on a daily basis. So, mm-hmm. so like I just figured, why not just tell people what I'm going through yeah. and and hope that they, you know, understand it. Okay. So for those of us who are not familiar with your story here in the audience, take us a bit deeper, right? So you mentioned things that you're going through. Walk us through the backstory. What What's happened in your life that kind of brought you to the point of being able to kind of have this, these uh, therapeutic, um, you know, writing sessions and in, in times where you can actually push out really true and raw emotions. What What's the backdrop or what's the backstory for some of the creative uh, things that we're hearing in this recent track? So um, in this recent track, the the backstory is I was a an Adderall uh, abuser. I I was on Adderall for the majority of my life. Wow! Um, especially as a child, I started very young being prescribed, you know, stimulants. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up feeling that I needed to be medicated in order to perform well in school in general. Um, it turns out that. I was not hyperactive and Hmm. Adderall really was not the right remedy for my, you know, distractions that, that, that were caused in the classroom. I think simply that 
class was boring and I was interested in like playing guitar and not listening to like how to solve math problems. Right. Um, I didn't have like hyperactivity issues, but you know, 20 years ago, like there was just like a lot less data about the effects of Adderall and so on and so forth. So, wow. so I was prescribed it. I was completely glued to it for, for so long. Um, it changed, it changed how I, how I was as a human in terms of how I, spoke to people and how I felt about myself. Sure. Um, and to just fast forward, I began, I then began um, feeling that if I didn't take it, I would be unproductive completely. And what I, what ended up happening was as my tolerance for it grew, I began, mm -hmm. um, taking, you know, more of it to, to sustain the feeling longer so that the creative wow. process could last longer. Um, wow. fearing that it would wear off. And it just turned out into just taking way, way, way too much. And I ended up mm -hmm. needing to go to rehab um, for this because it was just some part of my life for so long. It, right. You know, so, so I went to rehab for it, um, you know, and when I was there, I, you know, I was in the hospital for three days before, you know, detoxing because it's a very, mm -hmm. you know, and it, it was just... And, and even till now, like I, I suffer, you know, sometimes days that are just like so, so, so um, slow and almost like depressing because I'm so used to this jolt of energy throughout the day that now that I'm off, right. it, it's like I need to, I'm, I'm learning how to like just have a, a normal day that doesn't consist of these massive highs. And, and, and I'm just like kind of learning to, 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 to live again and, um, you know, off of medication. And, and I wrote all that I got tonight while I was in the outpatient pro program of my rehab. So right after the stay, I, I was able to reflect back on the 30 days of like, mm -hmm. I always got homesick from, from, from home when I was like at, at camp as a kid, like I, I was, I was never good at being alone and then getting like removed from like my comfortable life and placed into this, completely random uncomfortable place with just other types of addicts that that have either criminal records and just it, it was just mm -hmm. something that i was not used to and when i got out of there first of all i never thought i would get out like it was so much mm -hmm. like what i see like jail to be at times because it, yeah. it was not like this fluffy miami-based rehab which i thought it was my mom didn't know it was like that either she thought I was going mm. to some, some like posh rehab. Uh, but my wife and my dad were like, he needs to, and they were right. Like I needed to be like, be shell shocked or, or, or just shooken up to realize that like, I, like I really needed to make a massive, massive change quickly. And, right. and the way to do that is by throwing your warm body into freezing water so that there's just no way that you could, you know, avoid the realities of the situation. So, right. So that, wow. so that's really like in a nutshell, what happened and, and thank God I'm uh -huh. you know clean now. And, and in the past, you know, eight and a half or nine months since I'm out, I've mm -hmm. recorded a whole album four music videos. Um, you know, my, my second single is about to break 200,000 streams, which is insane. Cause I've been doing this, for so long on my own and only now is it really like catching on and it goes to show yeah. how much like the, the writing process 
you know, I think is has to do with like the type of music and timing, but it's been a journey and, and, you know, it just, I, you know, I reflect a lot on, on what I went through and, and that's really, thank God, like I'm able, I have so much content because I've been through so many things that, right. you know, that I just write about that. And, and I know that there are others that are struggling too. And that's why I feel comfortable sharing my story so openly because I know that there are others sure. out there in the same situation. Right. So, wow. Wow. That's, that, is, that is absolutely amazing. So you kind of hit on this earlier, but I want to kind of circle back to something, right. And given what you just mentioned, so I'm, I'm going to kind of zoom out just a bit. Sure. So in music, just overall, uh, throughout, I don't know, the last few decades, there has been seemingly like this, this overlap between, you know, um, you know, substance abuse in some instances, you see some stars kind of, you know, they go down because of it. You see it celebrated sometimes in certain genres of music. Um, when it comes to you and your writing, I know that you are writing for yourself, but do you feel like given what you've gone through as an artist, that it's your responsibility to kind of put a message out there about the 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 pitfalls of of different substances or do you just feel that it's just your responsibility to tell your own story and let each person make their own choice yeah i feel like i i don't feel responsible for anybody but myself i hope that doesn't sound mm-hmm. as selfish as it did just now but the reality is <laughs> like i i could only control what i do i can't control what others do so instead of trying trying to i choose to focus on what i could control and i could control what type of music i put out what messages i put out and how i live my life and and i just don't like to put out negative things that involve you know i I just like to put out realities um and and that's um and that's really what i feel like my responsibility as a human is is to just mm-hmm. be honest, and if I'm going to put something into the public to make sure that it's honest and true and not fluffed, that's the only responsibility I have I, that I feel like. I feel like I'm if I'm going to share my story publicly, then it better be 100% yeah. truthful because people do – like people message me and they say that like, wow, your song made me um, feel so good and get me through – the one year anniversary of like my husband's death. Like wow. we're playing with like l- real emotions. Like there are people that it's very real. It's weird. Um, it's something that I never thought would happen. I never thought that my music would be able to reach this many people, but that's my only like commitment is to stay truthful. Um, because mm-hmm. I had, I've been so dishonest in my whole life with my addictions and, and other things like that that when it came to my music, it's the one thing that I've been a hundred percent honest about. Um, Got it. and that's, that's like, that's the best that I could really do. And I, you know, I, that's all, that's all I really could offer is, 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 is promising to be a hundred percent truthful. And if you listen to my music, you're listening to, you know, real things that have happened and that aren't, mm-hmm. you know, made up and, you know, that's really, and and despite that, there are always people that, you know, don't believe it either, either, but that just (laughs) means like, wow, I can't believe it's that bad that it's 
unbelievable. You know what I mean? Or like wow. the stories wow. that I'm saying, that's so it's kind of like yeah. a wake up call when, when people don't believe in it. It's like, I promise, like I was there, I could, I've got, you know, I've got people that could prove it, you know? And sure. so, but that's really where my head's at. Got it. Okay, I'm following you. So let's swing back over to the the talk of the the music, right? So we we kind of have an idea as to kind of the backstory and what drives the creative process and what, what drives the emotion uh, in your in your music. But there's also the the actual practical technical stuff, right? right. So I'm listening to your vocals. Uh, I'm listening to that production quality and value. Do you see yourself as more of a highly technical musician, like getting involved with like theory and things like that? Or are you more like a naturally gifted type of musician? Where do you fall on that, that, that spectrum? I know nothing about musical theory. Um, uh-huh. I know nothing about the types of I'm playing, except for if I'm playing like the common chords, G and yeah. D, E minor, C. So like I know zero things about theory. Um, everything uh-huh. that I do uh, is simply just sort of like a similar um thing in in different keys so like if i so, okay. so so i'm definitely not technical and that's one of the reasons why um i like collaborating especially with technical people um yeah because like they really are able to extract these the, like a different sound for me because the melody mm-hmm. writing is similar over you know, really like any type of chord progression, I'm able to write a melody. Not everything's going to be catchy or, or a hit, but like what I know personally is is very little compared to like a person who's able to um, play, let's say, piano entirely like without like, you know, a keyboard and transposing the key up or down. I'm playing like okay. seven chords throughout my whole life, you know, up and down different keys with the transpose button. So like, um, I'm definitely not technical. I know nothing about theory. It's something that like mm-hmm. people have always told me to look into, but I just was like stubborn about it. Cause I, it was boring. Like I just wanted to continue writing my songs and stop being bothered uh-huh. by like, I don't want to study anything. I didn't want music to be work. Like I didn't want to have to like think about the circle of fifths and whatever, whatever right. that stuff is. Like, I don't even, I just know these random words and like, you know, <laughs> yeah. fifths, a seventh diminished 14th or whatever. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't know any of that stuff. And it's not that I don't care about it, but it's kind of like, I don't care about it because I just really love what I do. And that's sure. what I do. I'm just happy with what I do. And when I'm able to sit with a guy, you know, like the producer of the majority of my, my albums named Alex Bilo, he, um, He's a, he's a great producer. He's worked with people like Lauv and uh, Gavin DeGraw and others like that. And and he's mm-hmm. just like the opposite of me. He's he's like a classically trained pianist. So like, wow, it's totally different. It's cool, though. Yeah. Yeah. I like that, man, because I mean, I'm a big believer in music theory and stuff like that. We talk about that on the show. But on the other side, I've talked to musicians that feel like. You know, they feel like they have to learn those things to be successful. And clearly you're proving that wrong. You're, you're doing it really big. And, you know, you're not necessarily about that, you know, music theory life. But again, you're just you have seemingly a natural knack and talent for music. And it, it's clearly paying off. So I think that's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. So let's um, let's talk about a couple more things before we get out of here, because I know that you have a, an inc- a crazy busy schedule. So. 
fan engagement, right? We, we yeah. talked about you kind of writing from, you know, a, a personal standpoint and you're kind of writing your own story. You're not necessarily trying to write for someone else per se. And you're hoping that people will resonate, you know, with your story. But at the end of the day, right, we still want fans as musicians. We still want those streams, as you mentioned. You know, we want, you know, people to to visit our social platform. So what are you doing to cultivate a relationship with a fan base? So if I am a kind of an aspiring musician and I'm trying to get my fans engaged, how, how do you manage that while at the same time, you know, not, I guess, performing for them? I guess right. that's a bad word, but you know, being fake in order to get these fans. How, how are you managing that? So I work with a PR company that that promotes me. Um, and what we do is, is we advertise um, my music videos on YouTube. We, I'm, I'm just going to mm-hmm. give you all the, the, the things that we do to, to increase sure. exposure. We, we use TrueView ads, which are which are YouTube's advertising platform. So when somebody is like looking up a Shawn Mendes song, you're able to target like whatever genre of music or individual. Your your mm-hmm. music video shows up, and it and it must play for five seconds before you know you um, advance it, and that counts as a view. So you're mm-hmm. you're so that's one way. Another way is that you know the PR agency gets me booked on different. Um, you know, social platforms, podcasts, morning shows, you know, I'm going on a tour, stuff like that. So it does sure. require, you know, it requires a lot of people and it's not supposed to be, uh, you know, I don't mean for it to come off like you need to have backing, but the reality is, is that the way that you're able to do something on a, on a large scale is by number mm-hmm. one, being able to work with people that, that, that are able to operate on on that scale and they need to be paid so like i'm i'm signed and and the and the label that signed me obviously takes care of that so i'm on so it's not that it's completely independent i'm signed to a label that i am part owner in but um so so it does require a certain amount of money behind you in order to be able to afford these different things to get to that large scale you know relying solely on virality is not a realistic um, expectation. It's like winning the lottery. There are many talented people that have videos that that might look v- viral but aren't necessarily right. viral. What they are are they strategically have been you know released and and have gotten you know a lot of views because they paid to have it advertised just like you would have a commercial on the super bowl you would have your song you know so so that's so advertising your music is a massive thing whether it's on instagram or facebook or youtube that's like a massive thing that you should do that's a great way to get your music out there and um and and that's what i do and so far it's gotten me on spotify curated playlists and it's gotten me to trend and different things like that and that's amazing and just to add one small piece of information it's not a you know it's not there's a huge difference between acquiring followers through this route which is organic the reason it's organic followers is because although you're doing paid advertising you're not paying for the followers you're paying to sell them something which is your video and, right. and if they like it, they become either a follower, or they like your video, or they subscribe. So the the ROI is is legit, and it's not got not, it. Um, you know what I mean. So 
So, so it's a, it's a great way to do it. It's just like, that's my product. That's how I sell my product by, by advertising. Right. Um, there's so many people out there that are looking for new music and, and, and mm-hmm. stuff like that, that, that it's a very, very, um, good way to go about it. Uh, if you really, that's amazing, man. Yeah. Thank you. That's amazing. You know, so I'm hoping that our swim uh, listeners out there, you guys heard what he just said. He just dropped an amazing amount of knowledge on how you can promote your music. But what I'm hearing though, is that even if you promote your music, it still has to be good. So just because you put your music out there online, when someone clicks on that video or they listen to the full track, it has to bang. And it seems like your music is clearly doing that. And because of that, you are now getting true organic followers, people who are truly fans. Yeah, is that it right? Is, yes. Okay. It is. And the last thing is, is like a lot of music is really good. So, you know, don't ask your mom or your friend to tell you if your song is good. Send it out to like a bunch <laughs> right. of people who don't care about you. And, right. and they'll sort of, uh, you know, be able to, to help you out. Most deaf. All right, man. Well, hey, I appreciate your time today. And for the swim listeners, if you stick around with us, we're going to be playing some of Judah's music here in just a second uh, to close out the show. But hey, Judah, I know you got to run. You spent a lot of time with us today. We appreciate it very much. Real fast. Where can we find you online? You can find me at judaholiday.com and at Judah Holiday on all the, the platforms. And I really appreciate you having me on the show, too. This was really fun. And I hope I, I was able to give you guys some knowledge to help grow what you'd love to do. Absolutely, man. Hey, we appreciate it. Judah Holiday. Check him out. We'll have his links up on this episode's page and you can follow his music from there. He is absolutely doing it big. Judah Holiday. Hey, thanks again, man. Thanks so much. Yo, this is one worth sharing with your other music friends and band members. Make sure you check out Judah's website again. It's judahholiday.com. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast. You can do that at our main page, successwithmusic.com. Keep up with us, man. We will continue to drop knowledge like this as we go forward. All right, so as we get out of here, check out this last track from Judah titled All That I Got. It's all that I want tonight My two of us looking all filled up My wife, my man, and my children I'll be on top It's all that I want tonight It's all that I got tonight